fed up with the inefficiencies of government, think the planning system is too restrictive or maybe not restrictive enough, concerned about government measures designed to tackle runaway inflation? Well, this week's agenda might well have the answer for you. Clark of Tinwald, Jonathan King, talks us through how to present a petition to Tinwald. We also hear from campaigner Bridge Carter, who is concerned about the lack of a legislative framework for preventing financial crime against elderly and vulnerable people, and holding perpetrators to account. I was appointed Clark of Tinwald around about a year ago and took up the post in September, so I will soon have done a full year in that post. I was Deputy Clark of Tinwald for the previous 14 years, So I had a bit of an idea what the job involved when I was appointed, but there's nothing quite like doing it. And I think on Tyndall Day itself, that's when the difference between being deputy clerk and being clerk is going to come to the fore uh, for uh, various reasons. I think the interaction with the petitioners is certainly a very important factor in that. Uh, So the guidance that uh, exists and has done for many years on the Tyndall website is that if you wish to present it a petition on Tyndall Day, the first thing you should do is read the guidance, of course. Uh, But when you read it, it will say, within the guidance, the next thing you should do is talk to the clerk of Tyndall. And it's a very important service that that, that I provide with my colleagues, but this particular bit of the office is normally done by the clerk personally. The right to approach the hill and present your petition is unconstrained. Anyone who lives in the island is entitled to do that. However, if you want your petition to go any further, uh, it it then has to pass certain tests. Uh, So the first thing that will happen after Tynwald Day is the petitions will be read by the Standing Orders Committee of Tynwald. And they have one question to answer for each petition. Is it in order or not? And they do that usually within a few weeks, and they issue their, their report. And the report will include a copy of each petition, including the name of whoever presented it, but not their address these days and not an image of their signature Uh, but you do put your name into the public domain and you put into the public domain the the issue on which you're campaigning if it is uh, found to be in order by the committee then the petition can be picked up by a Tyndall member any time in the next five years and that uh, member which can be an MHK or an MLC they uh, put your petition forward for debate and uh, then Tynwald as a whole will decide whether to take it any further. Uh, They may decide not to, and that would be the end of it, or they may decide to set up a committee or refer it to an existing committee for further investigation. And if the petition goes to a committee, you as the petitioner will be invited to come in and talk about your petition uh, to the committee on the record. That's usually done in public uh, with press uh, present and the audio being streamed uh, over the Tynwald website so everybody in the world potentially can hear what you've got to say. Uh, although there are cases where the topic is so sensitive that it has to be done in private and in that case the relevant evidence will be published later. As I said a minute ago, the first hurdle the petition has to pass is to be deemed in order by the Standing Orders Committee. And the Standing Orders Committee will consider the petition in the light of the rules of order which are that every petition for redress must relate to a matter of public interest, must relate to a matter falling within the province of Tynwald, and this is the big one, must not relate to any specific case which could be or has been adjudicated upon by the High Court or any tribunal or arbitration or any formally officially recognised complaints procedure 
unless the petition shows that in the particular circumstances it is not reasonable to expect the petitioner to resort or to have resorted to such remedy. I say that's the big one, Phil, because that's the one quite a lot of petitioners trip up on. Uh, You can only ask Tynwald to do something which Tynwald can do. Tynwald cannot adjudicate an individual case. So the way I always explain it to people is that if you, for example, are offended by your neighbour's extension, you cannot go to Tynwald and say that extension should be pulled down. That's a matter for the courts. What you can say is that extension has caused me a grievance and I haven't been able to get it pulled down through using the courts because it turns out it was actually lawfully erected and had permission and all the rest of it. Therefore, you say to Tynwald, this shows that the system is wrong. And if you can persuade the Standing Orders Committee that that system defect is a matter of public interest, it doesn't just apply to you, but could cause other people similar grievances in the future, then it's in order. I had a quick look before coming up here at the figures for the last year, uh, for the last, sorry, last year's report, which takes us back five years' worth of petitions. And uh, in 2021, there were 11 petitions in order, one of which has so far been picked up. In 2020, there were four in order, none of them picked up. In 2019, that was a really big year, we had 23 in order and four have been picked up. So you get the impression that, you know, being picked up by a member of Tynwald is actually a bit of a minority of petitions. It doesn't mean they don't have an impact because uh, the petitioners are often approached by the Max Radio you, uh, and all the other media providers uh, on Tynwald Day and they will gain a bit of public attention in that way. And of course, uh, you know, looking at it from the point of view of the issue rather than the petitioner, there are many ways in which an issue can find its way to the floor of Tynwald. So, for example, as I read through the, the, the report we did last year, citing the petitions, the very the, we had in 2019 dignity in dying. That's now the subject of a private member's bill. The person moving the private member's bill hasn't mentioned the petition, but if, you know, nevertheless, that issue is being taken forward. And there are other examples. Uh, the treatment of uh, ME chronic fatigue syndrome uh, was the subject of a petition in uh, in the same year, in 2019, and it hasn't been made into a select committee, but it has been the subject of a general debate in Tynwald, and I think, you know, political action is happening. Uh, so so I think the, the route that I've described of getting your petition picked up and becoming its own special select committee is not the only way in which you can affect change. Final question then, in terms of presenting a, a petition to Tynwald, uh, effectively people can just turn up on the day and present them, but uh, your strong advice would be to pick up the phone at least and and speak to you in advance of presenting a uh, petition. That's exactly right. The right is there. You may approach the Hill with your petition without any prior uh, consultation. There's no specific form that you have to fill in or button you have to press. You just come to Tynwald and you present your petition. However, To get the most out of the process, I strongly encourage people to talk to me first. There's more on petitions on the extended podcast, but Bridge Carter has been pursuing the route of getting a private member's bill moved. Financial abuse quite simply means taking advantage of vulnerable, elderly, dependent people for basically for financial gain. Um, And it can be perpetrated in many ways. 
the common ways are forging signatures of that vulnerable person, forcing an individual to change legal documents like a will or a power of attorney, um, charging them too much for home repairs, things like that, use of credit cards. Uh, the worst, probably the worst, the two worst commonly used are like gaslighting and undue influence. So it's, it's how you manage to manipulate that individual for your own gain at the end of the day. Well, it actually happened to me. Well, not me personally. It happened to a member of my family. Um, at the outset, you, you have no concept of what's happening. You, you you have an idea that something's not right. It doesn't fit into place. But unless you're aware of these signs, you know what's happening. You haven't got a clue. So you just kind of like, you just amble along. It's not until after the event that it all sort of hits home. You start investigating yourself, figuring it all out. And then the further along the path you go, you realise that uh, actually there's no legislation in place to stop that kind of abuse um even if you've got a rock solid case you put it together yourself everything's there it's actually it's a, it's a pattern of abuses um so it's for instance you've got your domestic abuse bill and in that you'll see a pattern of abuses the legislation in that bill is standalone and you can refer to aspects of it to make a bigger picture unfortunately with elder people they're not a consideration in that domestic abuse bill they are of an age where they are easily manipulated much more so I think than the younger generation but let's face it we are all easily manipulated it's just down to the right environment at the time and everything isn't it really so they're also very trusting aren't Mm. they And, and because majority of this happens it's it's committed by family members so of course you I mean it happened to me you can't imagine that your own family would do something like that your family love you right why would they, why, it's not even an issue is it but it's more likely family members that do commit these crimes and of course if you're a parent a mother a father a sister a brother whatever if you're terminally ill it depends on the situation you're in um, then you're you're just really grateful to have the help somebody there and you've got to bear in mind that a lot of these people are on drugs medical drugs there's different types of drugs so if you're terminally ill you're going to be on end-of-life care drugs and they are they're they're varied there's so many different types and mixing certain drugs can cause um, an effect that can make you uh, more pliable to the perpetrator uh, overdosing so over medicating sorry and under medicating things like that can make you more pliable make you more susceptible to uh, um, abuses Um, people will um, drip feed poisonous lies into your mind about other family members they'll go out of their way they will do whatever they can to keep you in a position where they are the ones who would benefit from this and it's, you know, right down to, I mean, we're talking about it all over the world now. It's much more um, open to talk about gaslighting, for instance. That was never talked about up until, well, I think it's quite, it's a resurgence of things like that. Gaslighting encompasses lots of different things. A small, a basic idea is, um, okay, so suppose I took your keys. We live together. I took your keys and I hid them. You knew where you put them. I picked them up and moved them somewhere. In fact, I I didn't. I just hid them completely and you're looking for them and you're like, well, I, I know I put them here. Well, you couldn't have done. And then I suddenly think, right, and I, I know where they are. And I go, I remember you put them here. That sort of thing. It's more messing with your mind, you know, mm. um, your phone, your mobile phone, things like that, not charging up your battery. Um, 
it just telling you things like, oh, you, you remember you said such and such thing. I know you didn't. And it's gaslighting is where you're telling somebody something's happened that didn't really happen. You're convincing them that what they've done is something they did do, but they haven't done it. It's, it's just mind games. And presumably the difficulty with all this is potentially, I mean, you, you, you could have competing interests, you know, in families. One member of the family will think this is the right way to deal with uh, the elderly relative. Another member of the family thinks that it's maybe, no, it's the complete opposite of, of what the the other member thinks. So in terms of the courts trying to understand these situations, it must be quite difficult if a judge has to make, make judgments on these things with no clear legislation in place for them to follow um, it, it must be quite difficult to weigh up the, the you know what one person's word effectively against they, another it's it's a minefield they couldn't they couldn't it's not going to be possible because it's one word against the other unless you've got proof evidence and a lot more people do they are more aware for instance your doctor's going to put you on a lot of medication so usually the family members the carers shall we say would probably list down that medication they would say to the doctor I'm going to record all of this because I don't want to make it you know I don't want to over medicate under medicate I, I need to understand what she's on he's on how much she needs he needs and of course the dosages do vary over time because you become used to it don't you so you need a bit more or that doesn't work so you need to be taken off that and something else but you need to learn to that you have to taper them off and things like that obviously so most people would record it in one way or another whether it was verbally uh, written on a on a what do you call it your iphone thing record the what's going on what's being said so of course when you've got lots of things that says it that's happened that's happened this has happened that's happened they, they're not trained to understand all these different concepts of what's happened they're only con they're only interested in really what's this bit here i'm trained to do that that's my department uh, that's somebody else's department so it's kind of like piccadilly circus it's all over the place and you could find legislation in an act for instance the fraud or forgery or whatever different acts but then you've got to tie that in with something else and what you haven't got is the bigger picture. You haven't got, which is what standalone mm. legislation is. And and is there other examples of standalone legislation covering this uh, in in other parts of the world? Or, or yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in America, for California, um, I've reached out to so many people all over the world who are willing, how, who have sent in information that would help us to establish our own here um the chief prosecutor paul greenwood uh, from california he he actually um he created the legislation for california he wrote that um he sent me a, a draft uh, sorry not a draft a word doc a word version hmm. of the legislation given permission for us here on ireland to utilize that for our own benefit and it was accepted here and even the drafts person or people came back and said not to me, but to the person who I put it forward to, because you can't obviously take it yourself, um, and confirmed that yeah, they could work with that. And it was doing; it was really, it was an exciting phase because people were starting in the relevant, the powers that be, shall we say, were looking at it and finally starting to see what what it what it was all about and why it was relevant. Uh, it sounds like it should be linked in some way to the capacity bill, and yet the capacity bill really doesn't cover this at all, does it? No, not really. And in fact, the capacity bill, there was uh, there was a poll or in relation to the capacity bill where people were offered, uh, uh, given the chance to give their four penny or what, two penny yeah. on what was there. And a lot of people put in information in relation to the capacity bill. Um, 
a lot of the th- things in that people wanted was an independent capacity representative um, because this is still a lot to do with um, your power of attorney and stuff like that, which um, you can have a power of attorney, but you, you can't guarantee that the person who's got power over you as a vulnerable person is a responsible, trustworthy person. So in the UK, in, where is it, Scotland, various places in you know around the world, they have their own capacity bill, but they've all got independent capacity representatives. I think they're called something different over there. Um, and that's a person who's employed to ensure the safety of the person for which a power of attorney has been granted over. So basically that person isn't as vulnerable. But we haven't put that in. And that poll asks for people's opinion. And I gave you a should you agree, strongly agree, sorry, agree, all the different scenarios. And everybody, the majority, the vast majority came back and said strongly agree. So I think, you know, it's like uh, the majority by a long shot wanted an independent representative. So surely that's a basic human right Mm. anyway, isn't it? I mean, these are just... And and you've tried to get... Uh, a private member to uh, effectively a private members bill to, yeah, to, uh, yeah. picked up by a member to, uh, and, and that's not uh, making much progress either I've had meeting after meeting over the years with various people I've been on various radio shows where I have highlighted emphasised areas of concern and people have come back to me via the radio station or through work and said lawyers you know lawyers have mm. come to me and said oh my gosh yeah we've had we have this this happens a lot um, vulnerable abuse this kind of stuff with wills and things like that but it's a minefield because there's no it is it's not as complex on the it as you when you understand it but on the outside looking in it's it is it's complex it's like mm. it goes off in so many different directions but all of it it's a pattern of abuse and once you can see the pattern of abuse it's very much the same it's just dealt with dealt it's just perpetrated by different people of different backgrounds who are done it's done in a different way does that make sense so it's all yeah, pretty yeah. much textbook so in, in a way i mean it's a bit like uh, i suppose using a, an example of something that would have been introduced in not too long ago uh, racially aggravated crime yeah. uh, you know this is a, yeah. a new thing to specifically deal with a particular problem yeah. um so that the, the kinds of problems that you're describing are things that you would think bits of law in different places you know it it can't be right uh, you would think under the law for someone to manipulate someone into doing something they don't want to do however because of the specific circumstances of people who are beginning to lose their mental capacity to make decisions on their own behalves uh, it gets well it's a a more confused uh, situation therefore yeah. You need a specific piece of legislation which considers all the angles and deals with it. Absolutely. There are cases crawling out the woodwork now. I mean, since I've been on this campaign, people have been coming to me with their own cases for me to put them together so that they can see if they've got a case to answer. Because not always, you don't always have a case to answer. There are, there are disgruntled people out there who didn't get left money in a will and stuff, so of course, but there are valid reasons for that. But they are still disgruntled. So you've got to weed out what's right and what's wrong so Mm. what I do in my position at work is to put that case together because I've now with working in the law in different areas paralegal and stuff like that I have an ability and having had my own case exactly the same have an ability to see those patterns of abuses which is handy Um, but 
there's you put it all together there's nowhere to go even when you've got it because unless you've got a vast amount of funds how are you going to afford to take that further because mm. you've you know not a lot of the lawyers are trained in fact when I did my own matter I hit so many brick walls it was incredible I thought well, where do I go from here luckily in my position uh, the company I work for I have contact with QCs and various people uh, in, in the UK who kind of came back to me with other regis- legislation their side and said well try it there you know see how you go I managed to get a bit further um, but uh, the end result was you haven't got a case to answer as far as the AGs are concerned because it doesn't it's not what's the interest of the people there's a a terminology Mm. they use so it's not in the best interest of the people or something like that and it is it, it so is it's just incredible in my mind this is the 21st century and this is an abuse that is not even acknowledged it is so easy it's a crime it's easy to commit i mean we've got a local we've had local ones recently i mean what happens when you you take your parents pennies they've got no money left you've spent it who looks after these people the public purse does then so although i think they should look after them that's a whole different ball game you know you've got the government crying out for money left left right and center and take people's money off them and yet they're letting people perpetrators of that kind take their own family money and squander it anyway. If there are any MHKs listening... I think they're very sick to death um, of hearing me. You'd be be very, very keen for at least one of them to take up the opportunity of presenting a a case for a private member's bill. Uh, And the the great news is it appears to be a quick win because there's there's legislation, examples of legislation, which could very quickly be brought into law and uh, box-ticked MHK able to brag at the next election that they've done a good job which is what happened on the last before the last then the, this last uh, what to call it when they all got together again the new legis- yeah. the new ministers got involved um it was all there set ready to go ready to rock and roll and i even got an email to say it was likely going to be in the capacity bill this, but as standalone legislation in the capacity bill it all made sense it finally mm. after all those years hit the right people i had when you break it down so they understand it it's not knocking on your door it's not cold calling it's not scamming people for money over the telephone from nigeria and stuff like that it's not it's on your doorstep it's Mm. in your home you know it's your next door neighbor not everybody's next door neighbor i'm just you know highlighting the obvious and um so then it just after they the new administration got involved it just got sent off to the um the cyber area so it went off with the people who knocking on the door scams Mm. and it was a bit unfair and i was a bit upset really because they spent a lot of time trying to make them understand this is what it was about and they came back just at the right time and said we got it we understand it your legislation this is what we've got you've got the draft the draftsman's agreeing with you everybody's agreeing with you this is what we need this is what's going to happen bridge yeah bang gone now i'm back to square one so now i'm like okay so i poor alex um allenson I um, sent him an email, and I, at that point, I was bored sending everybody emails with bits <laughs> on it, and sort of don't you know tap 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 just to get at them. So I just went with the whole you know sledgehammer, yeah. bang, Alex. This is what's happened. This is what's going on. Oh, and then another email. I'm sorry, I forgot to mention this. And then there's this, and I was like, oh my god, he's going to be sick to death of me. But I thought, I just I can't mm. go back and go through all that again. So here, this is the whole kit and caboodle. And for me, luckily, he came back and he said he understood and as a doctor he had seen these kind of abuses and he's going to investigate it for me 
Um, and now um, I trust Dr. Alex Allenson because obviously he has made waves. He has made an impact in areas that we've been fighting for for a long time. So hopefully he will find out what happened to the um, the documentation and everything that was heading off in the right direction, why it's gone off in the wrong direction, where it is now, which carpet is under, drag it out and dust it off and stick it in where it should be. It would appear we have a significant legislative hole which Bridge's bill would fill. If any MHK listening wants to pick up the bill, Bridge can be contacted at bcarter at crossleys.com. Also, if you have been affected by any of the things Bridge was speaking about, she would be very happy to try to help you. There's more on petitions on the extended podcast, which is available on Manx Radio's website. Please get in touch with Phil Gorn at manxradio.com and let me know your thoughts and views on the show. But for now, I'm Phil Gorn. Goromayo, thanks for listening. <laughs>